Welcome, welcome, welcome. We got a uh, new episode for you guys today. Unfortunately, it's just going to be me today. Um, Staff and I couldn't make the schedule arrangements and all of that. So uh, it's just going to be me today, unfortunately. But figured we could have a good conversation today. Um, potentially 45 minutes to an hour of just straight knowledge and education. Uh, more so n- like knowledge on my part um, that I've learned myself, uh, bestowing it if you wanted to listen. Um, so this is just coming from my experience and stuff that I've read, stuff that I've learned. Um, so I figured that the topic today, uh, could be mainly focused around vascularity, uh, because something that, uh, has been always hard for me, it, uh, has been, you know, getting more vascular, um, within the gym. Some guys have it naturally. Some guys don't. I'm one of those guys who doesn't. Um, so how does vascularity work? Um, what is it? Where does it come from? How do I get more vascular? Um, how do I get more vascular in certain areas? Stuff like that are certain things we're going to be addressing today. So figured I'd start with what even is vascularity. Uh, vascularity is essentially just veins. Um, it's, you know, having veins throughout your arms, throughout your legs, uh, abs, back, whatever it is. Uh, there's a lot of different things that go into vascularity. Uh, there's many, many uh, variables that play a role, whether or not you're going to be vascular somewhere or vascular somewhere else or not vascular at all. Um, so we're going to be addressing that today. But ultimately, the gist of what vascularity is, is uh, veininess in the case that that's something that you're you know looking for. Personally, and ultimately within the bodybuilding community, um, vascularity is uh, a goal that a lot of guys have. I'm one of them. I want to be vascular. I want to be veiny as fuck. I don't know why it looks fucking weird, but I think it's part of the reason why I think it's, it just looks really, really cool. Um, and it's, it's very hard to achieve it. Uh, it takes a lot of, a lot of effort, a lot of time to put veins more so on, on your, your skin, your body. Um, you're not developing veins. They're already there. You're just making them prominent and pronounced. Um, so I remember when I first started in the gym, uh, really the gym, not even just lifting because I started lifting at home, but starting in the gym itself, um, I told myself that I was like, Oh man, I'd just be happy if I had a bicep vein, but like now I consistently have a bicep vein and I'm not happy. <laughs> so I want more and better. So, um, vascularity, uh, for me has just been one of my goals in, in various aspects of training. Um, and you also got to take into account too, is that everybody's body is different. Everybody's veins are different. Everybody looks different. So, um, when I say, you know, this is vascular, that's vascular. This is how you develop this here, whatever it is. Um, just understand that one that's coming from me where I have my own, you know, downfalls when it comes to vascularity. Um, and then when you're looking at other guys, just understand that they have however many years in the gym, however many years bodybuilding, however many years, you know, uh, taking supplements, taking anabolics, all that stuff. So you need to take that into account too. Time frame plays a big role um, in this and age also plays a big role. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that today. So hopefully you're uh, buckled in, ready to listen, ready to learn a little bit, I guess. Um, but with that being said, um, the, the biggest things that guys ultimately look for when it comes to vascularity is going to come down to arms for women. I think vascularity is something that they want to avoid. Um, that's just from my own experience, unless you're training specifically, um, for bodybuilding women, whether that's bikini, I mean, probably not really bikini, but like, uh, wellness, women's physique, women's bodybuilding, stuff like that. They might want a little bit more vascularity to show the, um, the overall body fat percentage being extremely low. Uh, it's, going to play a role into potentially how they get judged, especially if you have very aesthetic veins. Some people have very aesthetic veins that are basically symmetrical across their body. So it does play a role um, into how they look sometimes. Not always. That's not always the case. So um, some people have very awkward veins and we'll be talking about that today is um, outliers on who has wild veins or not. So, um, as far as guys goes, it comes down to arms. A lot of the time, um, legs, uh, is a big, is another big one. And then, you know, trunk is going to be after that. So really it's just three sections. Ultimately, I think, um, I think 
arms and shoulders kind of get bundled together when it comes to vascularity. Uh, typically when you build arm veins, you also build uh, shoulder veins, mainly in the front delt, front delt area, 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 geez, area connecting to the pectoral. Um, so that area is going to build up some veins there. Meanwhile, um, the rest of your arm is going to be building up at the same time. Um, the hardest one I think for most guys is going to be one of two. Um, it's either going to be a legs. If you have, so guys store their fat in very different ways. Um, every single guy is a little bit different. I store mine almost entirely around my waist area. But one thing that I'll always have, no matter what program I'm in is veiny legs. Um, especially calf area. My calves have always been veiny. I feel like the more time I put in, my calves are going to end up looking like Nick Walker's or some shit. If you don't know who that is, look him up, look up Nick Walker and look at his calves. Um, he has basically varicose veins. So I think that eventually I'll end up with something similar to that just because even when I'm, you know, excuse me, yawning, even when I'm bulking and putting on weight and heavy and full of water, shit like that, my calves still have veins. So, um, it's just something that I have personally. Um, I also have just calves in general. Um, I don't really train them too much. I just kind of have, I just kind of have them. Um, so a lot of this that goes into vascularity is going to be genetics, something to consider. So, excuse me, Dave, when I start talking, I fucking start yawning. So with that being said, um, it was, it's been very hard for me to build veins in my arms. Um, even at my show, when I did Victory Classic, I had almost no arm veins because, well, one, I had no blood pressure. I had no fucking blood flow. It just, you know, I, I came in flat. So um, my blood flow just wasn't, it just didn't exist. Um, I mean, it was there, obviously, I would have died, but it just, it didn't show on my skin. So even though at the time, you know, literally the day before, I had arm veins after just eating one meal, at the show, I didn't have any arm veins at all. But then some guys who come in very fat to a show or just have very high percentages of body fat, you know, whether they're doing super dirty bulk or something like that, some of them have fucking consistent arm veins. Um, it's just how they are. But then you look at their legs and their quads are just one, one muscle, one giant round muscle. Um, they don't have striations in their glutes or anything like they don't have veins in their legs at all so they might just store more of their fat in their legs which is what a lot of guys have to deal with so most guys i would say either store their their fat in one of three places it's going to be either their legs um specifically like their quads and their hamstrings maybe their abductors and adductors a little bit um also like me with the around our waist lower belly hip area um, and then other guys might store it in their back. A lot of guys store it in their, you know, their upper lats, uh, where your lats connect to your shoulder in that area. So um, that's typically what you see with a lot of guys for women. Damn, man, it's fucking annoying. I'm not even tired. I just woke up like an hour and a half ago. So um, that being said, women distribute their fat very differently. Very, very, very differently. Um, and also have much higher body fat percentages just for overall health, really. So um, the lowest a guy can get for body fat percentage while still surviving is 4%. Anything below that, you're not able to um, properly uh, manage your hormones. Your body can't properly manage its hormones. Your body can't uh, really survive under 4%. Your, your blood, your cardiovascular system is going to start shutting down. Your organs are going to start shutting down. Uh, your hormones can be fucking out of whack. So um, under 4%, hypothetically, let's say you show up to a show under 4%, that's only really maintainable for maybe a day at most. So if you peaked for your show under 4%, congratulations, because that is very hard to do. Um, that is extremely, extremely hard to do. Um, you have to be dialed into the fucking nines and have everything perfect to do something like that because your body's not built for that. So Granted, our body's not built for fucking any of this shit, really, but um, your body's really not built to be below 4%. It holds on to it for a, per, for a reason. So um, if you're under 4% somehow at a show, you're not able to maintain it for more than a day, maybe. Um, and if you maintain it for longer than that, your body will shut down. Um, you need to take into account when it comes to social media, people will say, oh, I'm 1%, 2%, 3% body fat, whatever, for the past two weeks. It's bullshit. Uh, because they'd be dead. So 
Um, anybody who is extremely, extremely, extremely lean for uh, extended periods of time are probably just about at that 4% range and it is not maintainable. Um, and a good example of that is Tristan Lee. Tristan Lee basically literally almost entirely lives off carnivore diet for about two years, I think two or three years um, before he basically had to call it a quits because he was going to kill himself essentially. Um, he was known for being extremely lean. He's a small guy. I don't even know what his height is, like 5'1", 5'2", some shit like that. He's tiny as hell, um, but he was just lean as fuck. He just was diced to the gills constantly. Um, granted, you know, video effects are going to play a role. Lighting is going to play a role, stuff like that. But um, if you watch his content for the most part, especially when he's on other people's content, um, he was extremely lean pretty consistently. So um, he's a good example of what that's like. And he was relatively vascular. Granted, he proportionately to me personally, I think he had he has a lot to work on. Um, he's probably bigger than me at this point. Consider like, it's, granted, I'm I'm just about six feet and he's closer to five feet, so I would outsize him. But I mean, I, proportionately, he's probably bigger than me now. But uh, with that being said, uh, vascularity the biggest uh, the biggest thing that comes to vascularity is going to be body fat percentage. So this this kind of tying what I'm talking about body fat percentage and overall body fat um, amount and distribution is going to play a big role. Um, where you store your body fat is going to have less veins. Um, for example, my lower belly, my my hips, I don't have much veins. I have some, um, especially on my V taper, um, right on that V um, in my abs, but um, I'm starting to develop some of my upper abs now and the sides of my abs. Um, and then up my obliques and my lats, but the last place it's, it's gone, it, it's not at, at all. It's just my hips and then like the pouch coming up to the V. So, um, that's gonna be the last place to lose all my fat. Uh, the rest of my body for the most part is pretty lean as far as body fat percentage goes. My arms could use a bit more work, but, um, they're already pretty low. So it wouldn't really take too much to get, you know, striations. My shoulders have striations now. My shoulders have more veins and everything, but my legs have gotten way more vascular. Um, and like I said, you know, for me personally, I always have calf veins and they look almost like varicose veins. Um, so now I'm getting more so in my quads and in my hams and um, potentially soon should be in my glutes as well, hopefully. So uh, there's a lot for me, there's a lot more there than there is elsewhere. My arms are getting a lot more, especially my forearms. Um, that's the other thing to address too is that um, when it comes to arm veins, you either, there's really two sections. There's going to be your upper arm and your lower arm, lower arm being your forearm area, upper arm being biceps, triceps. Um, I would say I have more veins in my triceps than I do in my biceps, um, which is annoying because I can't fucking see my triceps really. I'd have to bend in a weird way and flex them to see them. And that's also with a pump. That's with salt in my system. That's after a meal, all of that. Um, that's the other thing you need to take into account, which we'll be addressing, but fat percentage and fat distribution is going to be the biggest key as to what's shown for vascularity. Um, so if you're not seeing any vascularity, you got a really good pump, stuff like that is most likely because you don't have low enough fat where you want the veins to be. Um, and that's just the truth that most of us have to accept. And that was just the reality when I wanted uh, a bicep vein, it's just, I wasn't big enough. I wasn't lean enough. Um, to really have that yet. And I knew that was going to take some time to get into and to, to build up and, and achieve. But uh, that's something that you're going to have to uh, understand is that most likely it's not that the vein's not there because they are. It's that you're not seeing them because you have too much body fat or you're not big enough uh, muscular wise yet in that area um, to have them. And uh, so that plays a role. Uh, the next thing that's going to play a role is blood pressure and blood flow. Uh, the easiest way to get that is through exercise, proper nutrition um, with high sodium. Sodium will increase your blood pressure. Um, so if you take salt before a workout, uh, you would notice that you will have a lot more blood flow. Speci specifically, Himalayan salt is going to be your best friend. Uh, sea salt can work as well, but Himalayan pink salt is, is the shit. So from there... Um, you could take pre-workout as well. God damn, I fucking hate this. Oh, wow, you yawning so much. Fucking shit. So, um, from there, it's going to come down to 
um, your pre-workout and like I said, the food for the rest of the day, when you have more carbs in your system, you're going to be more pumped up. Um, you're going to have more carbohydrates means more energy typically, unless you're on keto or, or something like that. Um, so more carbohydrates means more blood flow, more energy and more exertion within fitness and within weightlifting in the gym. On top of that, uh, like I said, blood flow going into it. If you have a pre-workout that's high in citrulline or arginine, betaine even helps a little bit as well. Um, and sodium as well. Some pre-workouts have sodium in them. Ingredients like that will also play a role into how um, your blood flow is in the gym. Glycopump is a branded um, blend of uh, ingredients that will help with that. Uh, so something like that as well. Dextrose, um, glycogen, really your glycogen output, what you're converting into glycogen is going to play a role. So dextrose, something like dextrose, that's fast digesting carb during your workout will potentially make you more vascular and give you a little bit more of a pump. Um, you know, I've seen guys take anywhere from a small bag of sour gummy worms or like sour patch kids or some shit like that to recently saw a photo within this group I'm in of a guy drinking hundred grams of carbs during his workout. That's, um, that's essentially like four servings of an intro workout, which is, you know, like a carbohydrate, um, supplement or like four Gatorades. That's like having like basically four Gatorades. Um, I mean, if you got the higher calorie Gatorades that have like 50 fucking grams of sugar or something like that, then that might be a couple. But from my understanding, most Gatorades are around 25 to 30 grams of carbs. Um, so it'd be like four of those. And I know that's like, Oh, that sounds amazing. Like you're just constantly drinking Gatorade while you're training. He was training like two and a half hours. That's not fun. That is not fun. If you have a dextrose supplement during your workout, trust me, it'll fucking suck because you also pull blood to your digestive system. Um, so sometimes if you don't have enough food in your system, you're going to start feeling nauseous. You, the, really the time to have something like dextrose, something like a Gatorade or something like that is going to be when you're on a pretty heavy bulk, uh, because your, your body's going to already have that food in the system. So by adding the carbs, you won't really notice much of a difference, but if you have nothing in your system really, or you're training fasted, which to me, I think is fucking stupid. You should not be training fasted. Um, when you're taking those carbs, all the blood that's circulating in your body is going to be like, Oh shit. Now we got to go to the stomach and then you're going to go to the stomach. And yes, your body's like, yo, where the fuck do you go? We need some blood in the arms because we're training arms right now and this shit sucks and we need some more blood. So then they start pulling more blood in. It's like a battle. And now you're starting to get nauseous because your stomach doesn't have the blood that it needs to digest the food. Um, and the first place to pull blood from is your digestive system. So that's why you get nauseous when you're training is because your body wants to expel that food to take the blood that your digestive system needs and exert it elsewhere. Uh, and that's why like legs, for instance, a lot of guys throw up on legs, especially if they eat too close to training because their body's still digesting food in their stomach and your legs require a lot of blood, your legs, if you're training a total leg day, like I do, then you're training a lot of muscles in there, a lot of overall muscle surface area. So, and your glutes are arguably your biggest, thickest muscles. So it takes a lot of blood for your body to kind of maintain um, especially if you're going for a pump or something like that. So, um, that's something to take into account as well. Um, hydration will also play a role, uh, making sure you're hydrated. If you're not hydrated, I think that's part of the reason why I didn't have vascularity at my shows because I just wasn't hydrated, didn't have any water in my system, really just a couple sips. Um, granted at the time I didn't realize I could have black coffee. I would have fucking destroyed black coffee. Uh, I love coffee. As you can tell, I'm always drinking coffee during our recording sessions. Every morning I have coffee. I love coffee. I'm such a coffee guy. Um, with that being said, hydration plays a role. If you don't have enough water in your system, you're not going to have proper blood flow because most of your blood is, guess what? Water. Um, the rest of it pretty much is just blood vessels. Um, we'll, we'll really ultimately not even blood vessels. It's uh, uh, blood cells. Blood cells is really what makes it red. Um, but most of it is just water. Uh, so if you don't have water in your system, you're not going to have the blood flow that you need. Um, you're gonna, your body's going to be pushing harder to push the blood through your system. Uh, so therefore, it's not your veins are going to be as thick. And that transitions into um, another big reason uh, you don't have vascularity 
is muscle ve- blood vessel size, blood veins, so your veins size, density, and blood pressure. So this is, I think, the biggest thing that um, guys kind of forget about when it comes to vascularity. Um, everything I've kind of told you, you most likely already knew, especially if you've been in the gym long enough. Uh, you will know that hydration plays a role. You'll know that salt, nutrition, all of that plays a role. Body fat percentage plays a role. But what a lot of guys forget about is their vessel and vein size and their blood pressure and density of those veins as well. So the reason some guys look insanely vascular um, is one age. As you grow older, you're going to build bigger veins. Your veins are going to get thicker. Um, That's why a lot of very old people are very vascular. Their hands, their arms, stuff like that, you know, their feet, the, you know, a lot of, a lot of older people build bigger veins and that's kind of what varicose veins are um or at least that's what they're experiencing so uh it's very very thick veins that really don't push a lot of blood properly so that's their issue their the vein walls are extremely thick while the actual blood flow that's able to go through that vein is very low so their body has to push very very hard and that's how blood pressure increases um so blood pressure will play a role into how vascular you are if you have higher blood pressure you're typically you're going to have larger veins. If you have low blood pressure, uh, your heart's not pumping as hard as it needs to be um, or should be. If you have like genetically low blood pl- blood pressure, um, your heart's not going to be pushing as hard as it needs to be or should be, and therefore it's going to be harder to get veins. Your veins are most likely going to be very thin. If you have low blood pressure on the walls, the walls are most likely going to be very thin. Um, with the actual, uh, veins themselves pushing a lot of blood through very easily. And that's why you have low blood pressure. The healthy blood pressure is, it's going to come down to systolic and diastolic. Um, I always get them mixed up. Um, let me look this up, just make sure I got it right. Yeah. So it's going to come down to systolic and diastolic, um, blood pressure numbers. So when you get, when you get your blood pressure, um, it's very simple to read. I don't even know how they measure it personally. I know how to read it. I don't know how to measure it. Um, so when it comes to normal blood pressure, the top number is your systolic. Um, so like when it says 120 over 180 or over 80 or 117 over 76, whatever it is, um, that top number, the higher number is going to be what, how, how much blood is actually coming out of your heart and into the rest of your body. Where diastolic, the bottom number, is how much blood is coming into your heart to then be pumped out of your heart. So um, that's how you read your blood pressure uh, monitor. So the top number is out, bottom number is in, and a healthy range is under 120 for uh, out and then under 80 for in. Uh, So anything higher than that is going to be considered um, either elevated or high blood pressure depending on what number is at what. Uh, it doesn't matter if both, so like it, they, when you're measuring your blood pressure, if one is high, that means you have high blood pressure. You don't need both to be high. You could have 120 over 110. And even though your systolic is fine, pushing out the rest of your body, it's perfectly normal. Your diastolic coming in, there's a lot more blood coming into your heart. So that's considered, um, high blood pressure at that rate, 110. Um, so what's considered, High blood pressure is if your systolic is over 140, which is the top number, and then diastolic is over 90. That's what's considered high blood pressure, either or of those. Um, So if you have one of those, you're considered having high blood pressure. The last time I got my blood pressure read um, was my physical that I had um, about a month ago. We also got some blood readings and all of that as well. Ended up being perfectly fine. Um, We were kind of in the thick of it when it came to my cycle as well. And, um, I sent my readings to my coach. We didn't, it didn't measure hormones, but it measured lipids and, um, you know, where my T3, T4, TSH was, where my cholesterol was at, stuff like that. And basically everything was exactly where we thought it was going to be and where we needed to be. So it was perfect. But with that being said, my blood pressure was, I think it was like 136 over like 85 or something like that. I forget exactly what it was, but technically speaking at the time of the reading, I had high blood pressure, stage one, high blood pressure. Um, because I was at 136 where you want to be under 120. Um, but also something to take into consideration, which plays a big role into this and blood pressure is anabolics. Uh, so you can have, you can push as hard as you want naturally. And sometimes you're just not going to grow veins. 
Um, if you look at natural bodybuilders, very few of them are very vascular. Um, it's just not, it's just not conducive. Typically, uh, the guys who are vascular or very vascular on stage, most likely took or have taken or still take anabolics. I know a few off the top of my head that unfortunately, um, you could tell off of just looking at them that they are not natural and yet they compete in natural bodybuilding competitions. And personally, I, as someone who uses anabolics and someone who knows plenty of people who use it and plenty of people who don't, I think if you compete in a natural bodybuilding competition while taking anabolics and you cheat the system, you are a piece of shit and do not deserve to even step on the same stage as those guys because natural bodybuilding is extremely hard. Um, I mean, all bodybuilding is extremely hard, but personally, I feel that natural bodybuilding is harder than, than untested bodybuilding because for instance, for me, I would never be able to be a natural bodybuilder. I didn't have the natural genetics for it. I have the genetics to respond well to anabolics, but not so much to natural genetic bodybuilding. So the issue that I see with a lot of these guys is, including myself, is that you either have the genetics or you don't. And when you have the genetics for natural bodybuilding, never you should never touch anabolics first of all but also you're most likely not going to be vascular it's just the reality uh look up natural bodybuilding trust me you'll know exactly what i'm talking about uh they're very the must the muscular density is not there the must muscular surface area is not very high uh the mind muscle connection is not as good as it could be because they're competing naturally they don't have the assistance of anabolics Anabolics is not cheating. Let me tell you that. But what is cheating is when you take anabolics and compete in a natural league. Uh, it's very unfortunate. It happens. One thing that is controversial right now and has seen a flip back to the norms, which is great, is um, trans women competing in women's sports. So that's men transition to women who compete in women's sports. That is, I consider also cheating uh, because if you know anything about the human body, you will know that men biologically are much more physically superior in, in sports and athletics. It's just the reality. It's women have the amazing, amazing ability to give birth. That is the most amazing gift you can ever have. Uh, but because of that, because they have to be able to carry a child and give birth to a child, their body's di built different as everybody knows. So one of the things that biologically men have been built to do is to provide food for um, pregnant women and women who are going to be giving birth. So we have naturally built up over time athletic performance to hunt, to properly lift, gathering food, um, to survive in the wilderness. And that's translated now to better performance within sports and fitness. So that's why it's been controversial. I'm sure most of you already know kind of what I'm talking about. Um, but when it comes to sports, I think that if you transition from a male to a female, you should not be able to compete in a women's sport because you are already physically superior. And a lot of people argue, oh, it's because you, you don't like it because they're women now or whatever. I don't care. If you want to transition and that's on you, that's, if that makes you happy, great. That's, I don't, that's great. I'm, I'm happy for you that you were able to figure that out. But the problem is, is a lot of people think that just because their testosterone is low and their estrogen is higher, that they're equal, but that's not the reality. You just transitioned six months ago, for instance, right? As an example, a year ago, you were a man and your hot, your testosterone was 20, 30 times that of women. So of course you're going to beat them. So your genetics are going to play a role. Your testosterone is going to play a role into those sports competitions. So again, to loop it back, anabolics is not cheating necessarily unless you're competing in a natural um, competition. Hi. Um, unless you're competing in a natural competition, then it is cheating. I can see you on the camera. I know. I need to go turn the air up when I'm naked. I'll pause it. Sorry, we are back. Had a little technical difficulty. Um, so... Anabolics does play a big role in blood pressure. Um, I can attest to that. Your testosterone levels, different anabolics you could be taking will increase your blood pressure. Uh, and that's going to play a role into your vascularity. 
So you need to take that into account when you're looking at guys who are big on social media, um, guys who bodybuild within untested leagues because the anabolics that they take play a ginormous role in that. I can attest to it firsthand. Um, a lot of my veins started coming up now that I'm leaner than ever, really, that plays a big role. That's a good chunk of it, but also because of the anabolics that I'm taking, they're prone to higher blood pressure. One of them that I take, clenbuterol, is known for that. That's exactly what it does is it technically lowers your blood pressure so that your heart has to work overtime to increase its blood pressure. Um, so your heart rate is higher. Um, so it's a, it's essentially a stimulant is really what it is. It's just a very intense stimulant. So for me, it doesn't affect me mentally, but physically it increases your heart rate. So because of that, my, my vascularity is increased. Uh, granted, there are times where my vascularity is lower when I'm doing cardio. I don't see any veins in my arms. They're gone. They're fucking gone. But that's because my blood is mainly rushing to my legs, which is driving me through or on the treadmill. Uh, but then if you, once I get off it and I start driving and I'm cooking food or something like that at home, all my veins are back in my arms. Uh, so what you're doing during the day also does play a role, but anabolics plays a big role. Um, so that's something to take into account. Different anabolics like DHTs will increase blood pressure, I believe. Let me look that up just to be sure because I'm pretty sure they will because it's a testosterone derivative. Um, um, yeah, so essentially um, you have anti-hypertensive response previously. Uh, yeah, so basically – DHTs um, help regulate vascular resistance. So your vascularity will most likely increase a little bit when you're taking a DHT. Anovar, um, Masteron is another example. Uh, let me look up some other ones because there's so many. Um, DHT is also what helps grow your hair as well. Um, so that's something to take into account. Um, when I take DHTs, hence why I'm fucking bald today is that, um, which is not super even. I got to fix that. Um, DHT, when you take DHTs, it, it lowers your, uh, overall hair growth. Um, so that's why when guys or you look for hair growth supplements, it's going to be anti DHT supplements. It's going to help fight DHT buildup in your hair. Um, when you take a DHT, it lowers your hair growth where fighting the anti D so if you had taken anti DHT, it's going to help improve your overall hair growth. Um, but with that being said, other examples are Primo, which I've taken before Winstrol, Yes. Proverone, uh, which is Mester, uh, Mesterolone, never taken that Superdrol, uh, Methosterone, and then DHB. Um, I've tried Masteron, Primo, Anavar, and Winstrol. Those are all DHTs. Um, and each one plays a role and each one has helped somewhat build up, um, I would say a little bit of vascularity, not a lot. Um, but then you get into testosterone, which is going to be like EQ, Dianabol, Halotestin, which you should never take, and then Turinabol, which is, you know, based off Dianabol. Um, but also a big one that plays a role into vascularity that you guys are all going to perk up at is Nandrolone or it's a alpha-19 nor, or in other words, you got Trestolone or Trenbolone. So then Trenbolone sandwiches will help with vascularity. I can attest to that firsthand. When I take Tren, I feel I get way more grainy. Um, so you're like my arms, the, the part that connects, for instance, the part that connects my elbows to my triceps when I'm not on Tren is pretty smooth. When I take Tren, it looks like just a bunch of, like like little grains of sand in my arm, which is why we call it grainy. A good example of someone who is grainy is, um, oh my gosh, why am I drawing a blank on his name? I could name him any other time. Um, oh, fucking damn it. I hate that. Normally, oh yeah, okay, um, fucking this guy. Wait, what's... I follow him on Instagram. I don't even know why I can't remember his name right now. James Hollingshead. James Hollingshead is a good example of someone who's very grainy um, year round for the most part. He stays pretty lean. Granted, his graininess could potentially come from like photo filters and shit like that. 
but he's pretty grainy a lot of the time, especially when he gets leaner. It's just the way his body is built. Um, so he's a good example of what grainy looks like. So Trent Malone, uh, Trent, Trent Malone sandwiches, Trent, uh, whatever you want to call it, um, will play a role in graininess and vascularity. You talk to anybody who's t- taking it, most likely they'll agree. Um, they'll also agree that trend is overrated, which we've talked about. Um, it's not the end all be all. It's not the only supplement you, you should be taking. I mean, don't take it. I don't recommend it to anybody. Um, use the proper guidance of an anabolic or really hypertrophy coach, a bodybuilding coach and, and, or your doctor. But, um, the effects of trend alone affects everybody differently. One of them things that it does is increases your helps increase your, your maintain or increase strength while in a deficit, which is really what it's designed for is designed to help build muscle while you're taking in very little food. And it was originally designed for cattle uh, for that very reason. It's to build up meat within cattle and while they're taking less food than usual. So um, that's what it's for. And you will see more vascularity because of that. You're going to build up muscle while also decreasing fat. So you're going to see more vascularity. That's that's directly what happens. And I know that a lot of people say, oh, you can't build up muscle and you and lose fat at the same time on anabolics. You can. That's really what anabolics is going to help do. Recovery is a big, big thing. It helps repair your muscles after training. So that's a whole nother conversation. We've talked about that before, but vascularity, as far as vascularity goes, you're going to see more of that because your body fat's getting lower, but your muscle overall volume is much higher and is gaining higher, um, which then adds to a couple more things I want to talk about before we call it a day is one thing is that um, when you build muscle, you will have the illusion of losing fat. So let's say you have 20 pounds of visceral fat on your body, which is basically just surface fat, right? Let's say you have 20 pounds of fat on your body. When you gain, let's say four pounds of muscle over six months, which is a good amount. That's a four or five pounds of every six months. It's a fucking solid amount of muscle. Uh, that's like newbie gains and guys on anabolics. That's that's that level of muscle. Let's say you g- grow four or five pounds every in, in six months. You're going to look much leaner over those six months because you've gained so much muscle size, even if your fat stayed the same. So a role vascularity can play is that when you gain muscle, but you're maintaining the same fat, if you measure it, whether that's through an in-body analysis, whether that's through hydro plunges or whatever the hell they're called, laser scans, skin caliper tests, which are really not that accurate, but um, whether or not you measure it and you're able to see that over time, your fat stay the same, but your muscle has increased, you will most likely see more vascularity just because you have a higher muscle count and your body fat percentage has technically gone down because the overall first percentage of your body, the fat itself, the weight hasn't changed, but the body fat percentage has gone down because the rest of your body has built up. So let's say you're 200 pounds, you have 20 pounds of fat, which is 10% body fat. That's pretty lean already. That's, that's not bad. That's 10% body fat is pretty lean. You should be seeing vascularity already. You should be almost seeing like basically abs at that point, depending on your fat distro. If you add five pounds to that, your body fat percentage has really gone down probably what, like 1%, 9% now. So you're going to look leaner, even though your body fat amount of 20 pounds is, hasn't changed. So that plays a role too. So your overall weight and the proportions of your muscle versus fat will play a role. Another thing you really need to take into account, like I said, is when you're looking at body fat percentages, and we talked about earlier fat distribution, body fat percentages on each person is going to look drastically different. Um, 5% on one guy could look like 7% on another. It just depends on what you're looking at, what you're looking at. And I've talked about it before, Christoph and I have talked about it before, where a lot of these guys who are famous on social media are famous because they can be lean year round but they're not necessarily lean year round. They just have abs year round, which is different than being lean year round. If you have a good fat distribution, whether that's a little bit throughout the, all of your body, which is ideal, that's what's ideal. If you have even fat distribution or your fat is distributed in areas that you can cover up easily, like your glutes, some guys store a lot of fat in their glutes. Um, some guys store a lot of their fat in their hams, um, in their hips as well. That's down in their shorts, essentially. Um, you can, 
if you see that, you'll know, okay, they have la- they have abs, but let's go ahead and see your legs. And they don't have any definition of the legs. Their vascularity is gone. So your fat distribution is going to play a big role and fat percentages are going to look bad, drastically different. That's why personally, one of two things. One, I hate fat, fat percentages as a total or as like a marker. I think fat amount plays a bigger role. I think if you say I have 15 pounds of fat right now and I'm at 185, that will tell a bit more than saying I'm 8% body fat because you can't like typically when people say 8% body fat, you're going to think pretty lean abs, striations. You're going to probably have some striations throughout your body. Um, you're going to have some uh, contraction movement in your pecs and your arms, stuff like that. Some graininess, 8% is relatively low. But when it comes to total body fat, you could be like, oh, I'm 8%, but then you don't have abs because you fucking store all your fat in your abs. But then you look at the rest of your body, your back's lean as fuck, your arms are lean as fuck, your legs are lean as hell. So uh, fat distribution plays a gigantic role uh, within your body and where you store it. So that's another thing to consider too, is that just because you don't have veins in one area doesn't necessarily mean you won't have it in another. And that's something that I've had to accept. And unfortunately, being a men's physique competitor, my legs are my leanest area. I store very little fat in my legs pretty much year round. And I feel my legs are my strongest suit, but I'm not necessarily built to have a lot of size. So because of that, I can't compete in men's open, maybe classic one day, but that's a big, big fat maybe. Um, But it just sucks that I'm most likely going to have the biggest legs on stage and men's physique whenever I step up there and also have the leanest legs as well. Um, I mean, I fell the fuck out of my board shorts in my last show. It was fucking nuts. I stretched them. I'm pretty sure um, because of my glutes, really. I don't even train my glutes really anymore because they're just too big. Um, So that's a problem that I have. But because of that, I need to, I have accepted that my calves are always going to be leaner than the rest of my body. But also that is to me a strength too, because a lot of guys have to work really hard to have their calves and have veiny calves and shit. Most guys don't even get to have veiny calves, shit like that. So you need to also understand that just because, like I said, you don't have veins in one area doesn't mean you won't have it in the other. And every single person has strengths and weaknesses. We're all in the same boat together. We all have our own issues. We all have our own things that we need to work with. So just because you're not liking one area of your body doesn't mean somebody else goes, oh man, I wish I had that guy's legs or back or whatever it is. You never know how other people see you and we're only ever going to see our weaknesses. So um, if you're feeling down about vascularity in one area, definition in one area, something like that, just keep pushing, just keep going because it will balance itself out. Um, that's my problem. All I see is my fat in my lower belly, just not showing. I can see my six pack, my six packs there. All of my ab insertions are there. My V's there, but all I see is damn, this guy on stage didn't have any of this fat there. Um, but then I look at my back and I'm like, okay, my back is more defined than their back is. So they must store more fat in their back, but I don't. So that's something that you got to take into account is that your fat distribution is just part of the part of the game. It's, it's part of reality. Um, we all have to work with it. Uh, and how your body looks is all, all this is about. It's all about vanity really. And when you compete, it's part, the part of the beauty of bodybuilding and the part of the beauty of fitness and having a healthy lifestyle and looking good is that, everybody looks different. So if you do compete or you do compare yourself to others in whatever fashion it is, everybody has their own insecurities and what you present to the world is your version of yourself. You can never be somebody else. Um, And when you step on, if you step on stage for bodybuilding, that's a good example of that is that you're presenting, Hey, this is the this is the best I could show up for this show. This is what I have. This is how I'm built. This is my fat distribution. This is my muscular density. This is what I train hardest. This is how I'm built proportionately compared to this guy. And that's what bodybuilding is, is this is how I am compared to him. This is how I am compared to him. Um, and women too, this is how I am built to her. You know, she might have better glutes, but I have better hams, whatever it is. Um, that's part of the beauty is that it's all, 
in, in bodybuilding. And that's part of the reason I love it is that it's a solo sport. It's all about you. Um, granted you have a coach and you represent your coach and your team or whatever it is, but team as in team of athletes that all compete separately, but you're comparing yourself to other people. And just because you have an insecurity in one area, doesn't necessarily mean somebody else doesn't have the insecurity at all and doesn't have anything else. You know, if you have a fat, fat in your back, I'm jealous that you don't have as much fat in your abs where your abs are showing up year round, where for me, the second I put on fat and water, it goes to my abs and they're gone. But then my legs take forever to grow fat and water and they're, they're lean year round. But then I, but then guys fucking say that they wish they had calves and vascular calves and I am over here with it. So you need to appreciate what you have. That is your strengths and then improve upon your weaknesses. And like I said, that's part of the game. That's just how it is. And that's part of the fun ultimately is improving your weaknesses. And there are times where I'll go to the gym. Um, we've talked about it last episode where um, I'm going to the second gym now that is part of the, the two gyms that I go to. And the lighting is much better there. And I'll fucking take off my t-shirt doing chest or something and, and do like a most muscular, like a standing most muscular. And it's just like, I fucking laugh because I'm like, fuck, the, I've been, I haven't been, I haven't done chest in a week. And I've improved this much, you know, my delts are way more capped now. I got striations or veins or whatever it is. And like, then I think back and I'm like, fuck, I was this heavy three or four years ago, whatever, but not nearly as much muscle as I do now and not nearly as much lean as lean. So then I look back, I'm like, fuck man, like, like I couldn't even, like, I couldn't even, f- I could probably wear what I wear now, but it wouldn't even look like a train. But then I like look in the mirror and I got fucking V and all that shit. And my delts are much bigger than ever. And my chest is all pumped up and I got, you know, pec separations and shit. And it's, you got to enjoy the little things like that. You got to just look in the mirror and smile sometimes and just be proud of where you're at. Um, and just because you don't have vascularity in one area doesn't mean you don't have it in another. And just because you don't have it, like I said, it's there, it's there. You just need to chisel away at it and just let it show. Um, it's like you're, you're a giant marble stack, you're a gigantic chunk of marble and what you're doing, what your mind is doing is your Da Vinci or Mark Michelangelo, whoever it is, just chiseling away at that giant block of marble and you're forming yourself out of it. That's why bodybuilding is compared to statues, Greek statues, because that's essentially what we are. We're chiseling away at the statue. We're chiseling away at the block of marble that we will then eventually show what our physique is. And that's the beauty of it is that you're chipping away at it. You're working at the little things and you have all these different million wins that will get you to the place you want to be at. And uh, vascularity is one of those things that's going to eventually come. It'll, it'll come. Don't worry. It'll show up. You just need to put in the time. You need to put in the effort. And how much you put into it, you get right out of it. So if you train harder, not longer, I've never, do not train longer, train harder. If you train harder, more volume, more intensity to failure, you're going to see that those results coming out. And when you do that time and time again, you you stay on top of your meal plan time and time again, uh, you sleep, proper sleep, proper water hydration, um, monitoring your micros, especially your micros and your macros. Don't just fucking eat burgers all day because they fit your macros. If you eat healthy, you train, it'll, it'll happen. You need to put in the effort in the time. Vascularity will show up. It'll take time, but just know that you need to set yourself these small goals in order to achieve the bigger overarching picture of whatever you're aiming for. Uh, because if you don't and you're only aiming for the bigger picture, you're not going to appreciate the little wins. And that's why, like I said, you got to look in the mirror and just appreciate where you're at sometimes because it, it took me a while to get to where I am today. I remember looking back a few years and I'm just like, fuck man, I just want abs. Like I just want to feel good about myself. And I, here I am with that and I just want better. So you need to take a step back and just look at where you're at and just appreciate where you're at and just keep, going forward and just enjoy it when you can the little wins enjoy those little wins um and just smile just because if you get the ability to smile at yourself in the mirror very very few people get to do that so um it's it's a very very it's a blessing to be able to do that it's a blessing to be able to look in the mirror and smile so enjoy the process and understand that when you do do get the vascularity you're looking for 
by the time you get it, it's not going to be enough. So have the little goals, have the little wins. And when you see it, eventually it'll become the norm because it slowly shows up. It's not night and day. It doesn't just show up. Your vascularity just doesn't pop up randomly. So eventually you need to take a step back and be like, man, I remember what that was like wanting this vascularity and now it's the norm. You know, having a bicep vein is the norm now. Having abs is the vein is there. Having abs is the norm now, whatever it is. Squatting three plates is the norm now where that was a goal of mine or whatever it is, whatever it is that your goal was, just appreciate it. Take a step back, appreciate it. Look back at where you were and appreciate where you are now. So vascularity is just one of those things that will become the norm for you and you will achieve it if you haven't achieved it yet. Um, and these are the things that go into it, your blood pressure, your body fat percentage, uh, the thickness of your veins. Um, God forbid, whether you're on anabolics or not, do not take it. But if you are, that's going to play a role. If you're not, that's going to play a role as well. Your nutrition is going to play a role. Your lifestyle is going to play a role. Even like things like alcohol is going to play a role as well. Um, so all of that's going to play a role into your system. So take that into account, <laughs> move forward, keep pushing, um, and don't give up. Don't be too obsessed. You've got to have other aspects of your life, but uh, don't give up and do the best you can because what you put into it, you'll get out of it. And the more you put into it, the more you'll get out of it. But um, with that being said, I appreciate you guys listening. I apologize stuff wasn't here, unfortunately, today. Um, it's just our schedules just kind of clash a lot of the time, which is unfortunate, but um, I'll always be here at least. And um, I love recording these solo sessions sometimes. Sometimes I just want to talk about one particular thing and just bang it out. And um, hopefully you guys listen and enjoyed every aspect of it. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, um, hope you enjoyed my bald ass head um because it is fucking shiny it's like it's like the king's head from spongebob where he takes off his crown and they're like my eyes like it's like burning everybody's eyes that's my head but um with that being said you guys enjoy the rest of your day um keep training get plenty of sleep drink plenty of water eat your food even if it doesn't taste good your food is fuel and that's what your body needs so keep pushing you got this believe in yourself and be proud of where you're at because not many people have been able to push themselves the way that you do. So with that being said, thanks for listening, guys. We will see you guys later. Peace.